Welcome to the Bunker Hill Cheese Cast, brought to you by Heine's Cheese Chalet. A little place with big taste. I'm Missy Horsfall, Director of Tourism Relations. When you talk about Ohio Amish country, it sometimes confuses people. Like, where exactly is it? Amish country is a local colloquialism that describes the main tourist area. But most of the Amish community is centered in Holmes County in the northeast central part of Ohio. However, Amish live throughout Tuscarawas, Coshocton, Wayne, and Stark counties, and other parts of Ohio as well. Heine's Cheese Chalet and Bunker Hill Cheese Manufacturing Plant is just outside of Berlin, Ohio, one of the main towns along the Route 39 corridor. Berlin is the oldest existing village in Holmes County, laid out on July 2, 1816, by John Swigert. Swigert was a native of Berlin, Germany, and Joseph Troyer was an early settler from Berlin, Pennsylvania, and the two men named the village after their hometowns. Most of Berlin's early settlers were from Germany and Switzerland, having first settled in Pennsylvania, then migrated to Ohio. Early Berlin residents were members of a number of churches, including Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, and Mennonite. Amish settlers came here as well, establishing their first church here in 1820. By 1821, all the plots in Berlin had been purchased. It wasn't until the 1920s that John, or Hans, Dahlwalder came to the United States from Switzerland, where he had trained as a master cheesemaker. He displayed his artisan talents for several years at the Bunker Hill Cheese Co-op before returning to his hometown in Switzerland where he met and married Lily Mueller in 1933. In 1935, Chris Dahlwalder, John's brother, purchased Bunker Hill Cheese and in 1948 asked his brother John to return to the United States and join him in building the family cheese business. In 1962, John's son Peter and his wife Nancy assumed the ownership of the cheese factory, and together they established not only a successful wholesale business, serving grocery and specialty retailers nationwide, but were a catalyst in creating the incredible growth of tourism in Ohio's Amish country by visioneering Heine's Cheese Chalet, where visitors to Holmes County could experience dozens of the unique cheeses that Peter's creative spirit brought to the market. My guest today is Leanne Dahlwalder Heath, the third daughter of Pete and Nancy Dahlwalder, uh, and now co-owner of Bunker Hill Cheese, along with your sister Lisa. Welcome, Leanne. Thank you, Missy. It's good to be here. I am so happy to have you on the podcast. For number one, we've talked a little bit about your family history. Um, I've worked at the company for about 11 years, but it's been here a long time. Oh, yeah, with my grandparents um, and my grandfather being here in the 20s with his uh, twin brother, Chris. They were here in the 20s and uh, worked throughout the area, had sponsors. Um, they were sponsored to come over to the country, Sponsored right? to come over uh, yeah, and spent some time in Canton, Ohio, and uh, Grandpa ended up here, uh, knew some about the dairy background. Yeah. Was he, was he a cheesemaker in, in Switzerland, your yeah, grandfather? He knew, yeah, he did. So he, he, he was more hands-on, where Chris is, you know, I mean, they were brothers together. They both knew, but uh, Grandfather, was, well, Hans in Switzerland, John here, um, he was hands-on. Okay, so he was more of the cheesemaker yes. here, and mm -hmm. Chris was the businessman, honestly. Right. And it started out as a co-op, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm not sure how many farmers were back then, yeah. but yeah, it was yeah. the copper kettle. Uh, there was initially three copper kettles, and um, 
I'm not sure. Maybe there were only two at first, but then they added one on. I see. I would have to check with my sister on that. Yeah, well, it's interesting because when you think of originally starting, of course, it was just in a copper kettle and the batches were smaller. Yes. Uh, they made cheese every day, mm-hmm. and and people came here and got their cheese. And it, because it was so popular and such good cheese, that's how the business began to grow. That's right. And I love I love the story of the co op for one reason because I, I think this still exists today. It's it's the uh, joining together of the community. Community is important. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. and and through the years, all the farmers and Bunker Hill Cheese as a business have worked together uh, to produce some pretty good cheese. Some uh, and many varieties as well right. through the years. But, yeah, what was so appealing to uh, Grandfather uh, and Uncle Christ was that uh, the American dream did exist then. Yeah. And people working together for a common goal. Yeah. So um, I have given a little bit of the history in the beginning of the podcast, um, just of the family history of really, you know, the years that they came here and how that all worked out. But I'm, I'm curious about your growing up. Uh, you must have been in the cheese biz a long time. Right. Straight from the hospital after I was born in Millersburg, Ohio. You, you lived above the cheese house, yes, right? Yes. It was like, we called it the apartment, but it was kind of like a house. And that was very common for cheesemakers and people in dairy to, you know, be right on top of your right. business or right beside it. Right there, because a lot of the times, too, I know, uh, say, Sunday was a quiet day, but they had to make cheese. They had to use the milk. So right. late Saturday night, there was cheese making going on. Yeah, so they called it Saturday night cheese, trying to get things uh, accomplished and everything done so the cheesemakers could have their day of rest on Sunday. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, so there was some late nights, I remember, as a kid, and um, living on top of a factory, of course, there's always noise yeah. so to this day both my sister and I you know you know whether it's a fan or some white noise <laughs> in the background to sleep really helps yeah that's yeah. awesome that's awesome well I'm curious too um did you did you know grandma and grandpa were they around as you were growing up John and Lily yes yes um I had grandfather around in my life till I was 11 oh wow and then I was in my mid-20s uh, when, with when, grandma. Well, grandma died. So you have you have some really solid memories oh, of yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love that. I love that heritage. I love the fact that they were in your life long enough to share stories. And it, it, it's hard. I know sometimes you have you know grandparents that tell you things, and maybe you don't remember everything. But but there has been some handing down of stories through the years. Oh, definitely. And just you know, I'm grateful for the time that we've had together. And yeah. For example, I mean. My grandfather, he was uh, just always, he was happy. He had a smile. Yeah. Um, you know, back in 1976, I was, I don't know, I don't want to date myself, but <laughs> you know, I think I was probably third grade. Uh, we had bicentennial days here at the Cheese House. Oh, wow. Chinese Cheese. Yes. And, uh, you know, we had music and there was polka, American classics. Uh, I think the local family was the Brown family from Walnut Creek. And, yeah. Yeah, they played... Um, accordion and yeah, yeah all sorts of things he really enjoyed that in yeah. his retirement just being around coming in checking on things and and you know to visit 
grandma and grandpa, I just had to walk across the street. Uh, yeah, yeah, so they lived, yeah, Very right close. here, right by the mm-hmm. by the cheese house. And actually, part of the family, your dad's sister eventually married someone who has a, a bakery right across the street. So this is yeah. kind of a family compound when you look mm-hmm. around this little area of what's known as Bunker Hill. Right, Bunker uh, Hill Village. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And it's, it's, it's not... Uh, incorporated it's not a town it's just several little uh, shops and things that are right here in the area Um, the other thing that I wanted to say is that uh, it's it's interesting to me because I I know that uh, and my background my family background we were also immigrants we came from um, uh, Germany Mm -hmm. and that area but coming over to the country and uh, now now Switzerland is an unusual country you don't lose your citizenship ever like when you're a citizen of right. switzerland you're a citizen forever even if you moved here and became a united states citizen mm-hmm. you have dual citizenship yes dad dad had the dual citizenship yeah it's not i mean it's not always possible to do that with every country but i know i and i know that because interestingly enough uh both of my daughters-in-law are of swiss heritage from the same area of switzerland okay. that the dawalder family comes That's from fascinating yeah it's a it? small world it's a small world but uh but the appreciation for the life that they built here and their ability to build that life here, I'm sure was just, you could just see it in the life that they lived and the things that they oh, shared. Yes. And yeah, grandpa fell in love with this area. Um, and uh, grandma was still in Switzerland. He was over here for, you know, quite a few years. Yeah. And they kept in contact. And uh, she was approaching 30 and she said, you know, I really enjoy our correspondence and, you know, I don't want to lose touch with you, but what is your intent? Oh, I love this story. Grandma Lily, I would have loved to have known her. I mean, to me, this is kind of an amazing love story. She is a very strong businesswoman. Mm -hmm. She worked, was it lawyers or? Yeah, like in the banking industry. In the banking industry. very unusual in the 20s. I'm sure. And plus, she was multilingual. We were trying to count up how many languages Mm -hmm. uh, she might have spoken. Of course, Switzerland has German and French. Italian. Italian. And Romanash is a traditional language of Switzerland. Um, There's history to that. That's a very old world language. And she, I'm sure she, you know, that was something, a tradition that you had passed down. Right. She grew yeah. up with that. And then coming here, learning English. Yes. So uh, fascinating, fascinating story. And I love that she kind of said, hey, buddy, um, make up your mind. Right. What you, want, you know, what are you going to do? Like, and that brought them back to Switzerland. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, they, they ended up getting married and then had my father and my aunt Marguerite. In Switzerland. Yeah, in Switzerland. Um, World War II broke out. Then. I see. And they had an interesting, I mean, I did see the home place where my dad uh, grew up the first 13 years of his life. And, um, yeah, during wartime, there would be planes from both sides. You know, it's a neutral area. Yeah. You know, get shot down or or whatnot. And then there would be people that would show up and they had a small farm. So they would house them and, and help them out. Uh, but they had to work while they were there. While they were and, at the farm. Until they found their way back to how they could get back home. Or, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's different instances of that. And there's several stories. I can't remember all of them offhand. Yeah. But dad said there's different people from different countries. Now, did, does Switzerland have an army 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And your but but your dad, I mean obviously your your dad was was your grandfather part yes. of military services part of the natural he order had, of things, so to speak. Uh, he had to serve. I'm not sure if it was at least two years or whatnot, but you know, my dad was young. You know, he was like twelve right. going on thirteen when right. he came so to he the was, States, so he didn't have to be involved with that. But yeah. yeah. Did he serve in the US? Military? Uh, yes. Uh, dad was a uh, United States Air Force. Uh, he wrenched on planes, as he called it. Oh, okay. So that, and I knew he had a love of planes. Yes. Uh, and your, your father recently passed away. Yeah. Wonderful man. Knew him uh, in his later years, but uh, heard stories about his planes and how he, right. he loved to fly. So I didn't realize he was in the Air Force. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, he and mom were stationed. Um, well, she worked at the office, officer's club. While he was doing his duties uh-huh. at Wright Patterson, okay, so they really enjoyed that. They had only been married for a couple years, but my dad is such a patriot. I mean, he was just yeah. Grandpa, when you know he was over there wanting to return to the United States, but then the war broke out. Right. Uh, Dad told me about all the lofty stories about coming to the United States wow. and the cars and you know just things that yeah. they didn't have in their small village. Yeah. And uh, opportunity that was opportunity, here. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's that's a uh, dad was really pumped to get here once you he know, was excited, yeah, very yeah. excited. And he he himself worked very hard to further himself. I mean, he, yes. he went into the military. He he learned skills, mm-hmm. uh, but eventually, mo- your mom and dad came back uh, to the business. Yes. And uh, they bought it in 1962, is that right? right? They took it over in 62. Yeah. So uh, to me, that the really interesting thing is that uh, one of the things I find so fascinating about this company is it's it's family owned, which is wonderful. But it's not just it's not just the family and the owners. It's also employees because in the, in the time I've been here, uh, uh, for instance, the Kime family. I, I don't even know how many of them have worked here, but generationally speaking, they probably went back three or four generations as well. Oh yes, and then you know, Grandpa and Uncle Chris. You know, the you know first round. I mean, they became acquainted with so many people in the area, both Amish and you know, as we call English. Yes. Um, so that was just kind of weaved into the fiber of how this family business yeah. has grown. Yeah, and again, the idea of partnership with the community, yes. partnering with the farmers. Um, you know, th- this is a great business, but it would be nothing without right. the, the farmers around us. And so you relied on one another. And and I love that heritage about uh, not just this, this company, but many in the area are, are similar to that mm-hmm. because there is uh, there's a foundation of community here that I think, and you feel it when you're in the area. Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, well, I'm curious. I've always wanted to ask you, Did you, have you ever – Yourself, I know you lived above the cheese house. Yes. You were as a kid, you were in and out of the cheese house. Your dad made cheese. Mm-hmm. Did you ever make cheese? Like, did you ever learn to make cheese, or was that just not conceptually? Something? Yeah, like, you knew how to do it, but you right, were, yeah, I right. gotcha. I understand how you know it works. I mean, some of the equipment was heavy. Mom wasn't always so pro. You know, she's like, you might hurt your back, yeah. or you know, that's guy stuff. Yeah. Well, with three girls in the family, yeah. you're, and you were the baby. Let's yeah. let's put that out there because there is something about the baby, you know. Yes, yeah. there's a little bit of that, but like you know, um, support like in the lab and testing milk and those type of things is where I found myself. Okay, as well as you know, office. But you know, as a kid, I helped mom uh, build a retail and retail gift oh, shop. Yes, so that was kind of 
my place. Yeah. Well, that is that is really interesting. It's one of the things I want to talk about is some of the changes you saw, say, as a kid growing up. Uh, I mean, Bunker Hill Cheese has always produced cheese. Mm-hmm. But at some point in time, they also built the retail. And your mom was a huge part of that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, mom and dad together. In 1985, uh, dad won a beautification award for redoing and expanding the entire retail store area. Uh, it was a local, you know, from the chamber. Um, I remember h- that project and him working on that for probably two years total. But he expanded it. We had um, what we have now, you know, we call the experience room or the copper kettle room. Uh, that was basically our retail. Your retail when I was, area, yeah. yeah. When I was a kid uh, and then, you know, when I was in my teens, he was working on this and that's where you know, the expansion of more varieties could be featured. Yeah. My dad was a mastermind, always wanting to develop a new yeah. thing. He's kind of a he was maverick a, of sorts. Yes, like, he was know. a little bit of the entrepreneur and visionary, Yes, I, I think, mm-hmm. because of the stories that I've heard from him and the things that he developed while he was here and kind of on the, the cutting edge, so to speak, yes. of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when he first said, let's do sampling, people said, what? No, you can't give away cheese, but, right. you know, Yes, it works, and so um, yeah, it did. It really did work for him. I mean, he wanted to experiment and you know do inclusions and in peppers or yeah. onions or whatever, Crazy and he stuff. wanted you know it just gave him joy to share that with people. Yeah, and you know when you're when you're an artist, which yes. Dad was in in many ways, and somebody receives that and it gives him joy. Yeah, that just returned back to him. So. That just kept him going. Yeah. So that's how so many different varieties right. got developed because it's like they're liking they're liking these. They things. like this. What else? I'm rocking can we do? this stuff yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that that is now awesome. I'm it, myself again. But. I, I, and I know one of the things that he developed was yogurt cheese, and he, he mm-hmm. but he developed it so far ahead of the curve. That um, that our yogurt cheese here that's made, it, it's just had a lot of years of of perfecting it, and it it's, absolutely it's mm-hmm. just far and above the best you can buy. Uh, but a lot of that is just because your dad had the idea and said, "Hey, this let's do this. This will be good for you, mm-hmm. good for your indigestion. It'll be good tasting." I, I mean, I, just for him to see that far ahead is pretty right. amazing. Yeah, it was. It's a culture, and yeah. cultures are used in cheese. So he, you know, yeah. You know, the idea came, it's like, why don't I, you know, develop a cheese with those benefits of a yep. cup style yogurt? Yep. Which as a kid I didn't like cup style yogurt, but I could You'd like the I cheese. I really like the cheese. Yeah. Yeah. So um as you think about um those those changes that you saw and maybe even where we are today, this is our eighty fifth year. Yes. It's it's a big year for us. There and there have been a lot of changes just even in your lifetime growing up here as a kid in the cheese house. Uh, what do you think is the biggest change that you've seen, not just in the cheese house and the business, but in the area here? Oh, development of tourism and how it's grown uh, since the early mid-70s on. Um, Berlin is a very quaint, small town. Um, but my father, along uh, like John Schrock from Amish Farm, uh-huh. um, they developed you know, together, you know, the idea of, well, let's bring people in. And, you know, busing was very, very popular. That's, you know, maybe that was going on in other places, but that wasn't something that we was saw here. in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. But um, they kept reaching out and uh, 
investigating, building. Um, they said, hey, we have something here. Yeah. We have Amish heritage. We have yeah. Swiss heritage. There's so much to see. And, of course, you know, the beautiful rolling hills. Yes. It's just it's still, to this day, a peaceful yeah. place. It is a very peaceful place. And I think that, that people who come here, tourists that come here, uh, they feel it. They feel the, and I, what I think they feel is the, the generation, the legacy, the tradition of community here and how people care for each other. Right. And, and that's, that's wherever you go. You know, I, uh, our podcast, will probably talk to a lot of businesses and we'll see probably in their story, the same kind of similar thing that, you know, it, 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 it when it got started, there were other people that drew alongside and the, and the partnership of that, of the businesses together and the, the vision of the people that. And as it, it's grown too, I mean, you know, there's many businesses, there's lots to do here in the, you know, Amish country, Holmes County area. Yeah. It, uh, we still all try to find a way to not lose community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. And 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 we do have uh, one of the largest Amish communities in the world in this area. So that has a huge influence. I think a lot of the English, as you said, those who are not Amish, the, a lot of the English here um, have a heritage of Amish yes. or Mennonite or something similar. So there are some connections there. And uh, it, it just does, it, it makes it the community a true community of just connections all over the place. And I think people are willing to just whatever it takes to help each other out. Right. There's, I mean, there's many people that, you know, maybe they're second generation living yeah. in the English lifestyle, but they know so much about their Amish grandparents, great grandparents. Yes. And I mean, just like uh, with my, my grandma, she was such a historian. She wanted to make sure that we understood history european history oh I mean, that's great go and visit and yeah. she would start talking about that and it was very interesting and she said i want you guys to understand that here in the united states of what has happened in europe and what we've been through and generations before so that you know mm. for it to not happen and yeah. you know, seek peace and yeah. you know yeah, to have that that knowledge and wisdom of what she had seen and lived through mm-hmm. herself. Right. Uh, that's a, that's an awesome. She was legacy. She knew so much about Napoleon. Oh, that's so <laughs> just, fun. Yeah. Did you I kind of give you a love of history or? Th- yeah, I always did enjoy history, and I you know I always noted that his grandma gave me that bug, and then yeah. uh, the the other bug, the photography bug, came from grandpa because he loved to take pictures, and you know he. He liked to take pictures. Uh, everybody dressed up in their Swiss yeah. attire. Yeah, I wanted to make sure we were documenting that here in the United States. Oh, that's the so cool. Generations to come. So well, and and again for for Bunker Hill cheese, that heritage it, it's a Swiss heritage. Yes, and I, I find it fascinating. Just like I said, my daughter in laws have that background, but there there are many. Uh, certainly in the early years, small cheese manufacturers that were from, from Switzerland or from that area. And some of the major cheese manufacturers now still have that connection back to the same place in Switzerland. And so, you know, yeah, same region, same region. A lot of those skills, those artisan cheese making skills were passed on there and they brought it here. Yes. So, so that's a, that's a benefit to the whole area. I think. And, um, well, Leanne, I have so enjoyed talking to you. I found out a couple new things for myself today. Right. And okay. And adding to that, the, you know, people coming from the same region, my grandparents did, uh, there, there's a Swiss card game, card game called Yas. So that's like other cheesemakers in the area. Yeah. Um, there was the Alpine Alpa, the Grossnicklauses, the Gugusbergs, um, and other families in the area. 
uh, York family, they would get together sometimes play. on the weekend and play games and have a place to, you know, speak Swiss. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, they kept that. They kept that you know, connection. Kept that, that connection, yes. That's so funny to me because uh, I... I mean, I'm from Michigan. That's where my family is. I met a guy from Ohio from not far from here. But I remember him telling me about this card game called Yas. And he'd start telling me the rules. And I'd always laugh at him and say, oh, you're just making this stuff up. You know, because, I I mean, he knew it. And his dad was a great player. He knew how to play it. He knew Uh how to play it. And he's always wanted someone to play with. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever pick it up in our family because we as I said we have some some of that with the girls uh that my boys have married so our um, sister Linda she would have to come up and like reintroduce you know it's been so long since I played but yeah yeah. figure out how to play it again there are a lot of crazy rules in my mind it at least as my husband described it but he loved it Mm -hmm. and his dad loved it and he grew up playing it so lots of uh Lots of legacy here, and it's yes. it's touched the whole community. So, um, I so appreciate you coming and talking with us you. today. I truly enjoyed it. Now it's time for Did You Know? Did you know that Heine's cheese was originally Heidi's cheese? In the 60s, they decided to brand their cheese Heidi's cheese. However, they ran into a copyright issue and had to change it. The problem was the labels were already made and changing the labels at this point would cost the company a great deal of money. Grandma Lily, perhaps using some of her business acumen she had gained in Switzerland in the banking world, or maybe that's where the legacy of being a visionary began, came up with a way to solve the problem. While Heidi is a popular Swiss girl's name, Heine is a nickname for the Swiss boy's name Heinrich. So... She took a black marker and individually changed the D to an N on each label, thus saving the company and beginning the branding of Heine's cheese, which eventually brought about the retail and tourist destination of Heine's Cheese Chalet that is still ongoing today. And now you know. 